0: This is a Chronicle Podcast, bringing you ideas in the service of medicine.
1: From the Chronicle Podcast System, this is the NPC Podcast of the National Pharmaceutical Congress for May 25, 2022. The NPC Podcast was created to discuss and consider the purpose process and people of the pharma industry during the COVID era. We'll continue the healthcare conversation by answering questions sent by listeners. Just like you. This program is presented in cooperation with Imprez, Canada's next-generation commercial partner. The industry is rapidly evolving, and Imprez is designed to help you evolve with it. Learn more about Imprez tailored best-in-class solutions at www.imprez.com. Our guest today is James Cran, founder of Pharma Consultants, Inc. James will join your hosts, Jim, Mark, and Mitch. To start today's conversation, here's Mitch Shannon, the CEO of Chronicle Companies.
2: Welcome to the NPC podcast from the National Pharmaceutical Congress. I'm your co host, Mitch Shannon, and we're here in our legendary podcast gondola, looking down at all the action taking place down below us. Seated comfortably in the gondola is James Shea, General Manager at the Council for Continuing Pharmaceutical Education in Montreal. Jim, I mentioned that we're looking down at the action below us, but that sounds like we're uh, elitists or something. Please tell the folks that ain't so.
0: Well, I can prove it ain't so. The rust spots on my driveway caused by my 2008 Grummar TLS is you know, making it look otherwise for
2: sure. Well, exactly. We're just folks like you. Also with us is another man of the people, Mark McElwain, the life sciences industry consultant and senior health policy expert. Mark, have you come across any elitists from your base in uh, Sudbury? Elites?
3: You mean the guys with Ford (laughs) F-150s? But up here, you're likely to find that they're being driven by a mining engineer with stock options.
2: Uh, To be a mining engineer with stock options, that's the life. Okay, we are your egalitarian podcast hosts known as Jim, Mark, and Mitch. Because all the really clever names were already taken, such as Burlington Coat Factory and Order of Canada. Uh, Guys, yonder comes a longtime friend of the National Pharma Congress, now making his way into the gondola. Here's James Cran. Hi, James.
4: Hi, Mitch and guys. Thank you so much for having me today.
2: Oh, it's uh, great to see you. It's no overstatement to say that, as one of the co founders of Antibody Healthcare Communications, along with the late Michael Paul, you've had a huge impact on pharma marketing and messaging for. uh, I guess it's a quarter of a century now. You've since left that agency, so it's probably safe to ask you, how would you say drug advertising has changed in Canada from the good old days of print ads, detailed aids, and branded prescription pads?
4: Well, it's been about 30 years now that I've been in the industry on both sides of the fence, Mitch, as you know, and definitely those good old days are somewhat done. Print ads are kind of a thing of the past, given that adoption of new medications, in every country now has become extremely tough, in particular in Canada. The good old days, I think are good old for a reason, they're behind us.
2: Yeah, fair enough. I guess lots of new um, innovative technologies and new things to talk about. Mark will uh, take it from here.
3: Good stuff. You've reinvented yourself as head of Pharma Consultants Inc. So tell me about that company and its vision.
4: Well, Mark, it's interesting as Mitch mentioned, antibody and my partner Michael Paul when we started that company back in 2003, and those were during some of the heydays of the drug industry. And it was about four or five years ago I kind of got hit between the eyes of how poorly you know new medications in Canada, in particular, were not being adopted. So my thought was, what could we do differently, uniquely, obviously, impactfully? to ensure that physicians are utilizing and are aware of new medications. But I think more importantly, that Canadians, patients have access to some of these new medications. So that was really the vision of Pharma Consultants, Inc., or PCI, is really coming up with unique initiatives to drive behavior change, both with our prescribers and with patients.
3: I see also your head of Patient MediQuest and Digital Partners, Inc., so how do these two ventures fit in?
4: Well, Mark, it's interesting. So Pharma Consultants is part of a bigger sort of affiliate company group. Patient MediQuest is a great company. It's actually a database company that we started about five years ago. And what we have are about 55,000 Castle consented healthcare providers in Canada and about 200,000 Canadian members on our consumer side. So we have what we call Care2Know Pro for healthcare providers care-to-know-consumer for consumers, obviously, and Canadians, but the objective for both are very similar. It's how do we bring good information from experts and specialists to these audiences about conditions, but more so about emerging therapies, good branded therapies, so both prescribers are made aware, as well as consumers, so they can go and ask their physician about it. Digital Health Partners, Mark, is unbelievable is almost revolutionary. We've never had the ability, or physicians have never had the ability to know in their office whether or not a drug was going to go through once that patient got to pharmacy. So we actually launched an app. It's called Is This Drug Covered? It's in both the App Store and Google Play. And both a prescriber as well as now a consumer, a patient, can actually look on the brands on our app and determined within minutes, their individual plan coverage. So whether or not when James or Mark leaves that physician's office, will that drug go through at pharmacy? And if there is any criteria that must be met beforehand. And this was important because the biggest downfall, one of the biggest issues with adoption by prescribers, and they openly tell us this, it's when that prescription bounces at pharmacy. Nothing gets them more upset because now the patient's upset so now they stop using or prescribing that medication for that reason. So this is a useful, useful tool to really drive adoption. Download it from the App Store, or Google Play. It's unbelievably cool.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's one of the big issues is making sure that the patients who are not expert in what they're doing are helped through the process. So that sounds amazing. It's Jim Shea here, by the way. How has James Cran incorporated FAIR during the pandemic?
4: Well, it's funny, everyone thought that I left antibody. Because of the pandemic and what was happening, as Mitch's first question, detail-aged dose cards were kind of dying, which they are. And actually, this was all pre-pandemic, getting into a lot of digital communications, whether it be through our Care to Know program, as I mentioned, or even with our app. So through the pandemic, it's actually been fantastic because obviously, drug companies who are archaic, typically or conservative—I guess would be a better word—you know—they were forced to jump into the virtual space because obviously their sales forces were locked up at home, but we still had to engage with prescribers. So it actually was a great time for us to understand and then obviously drive information to prescribers and consumers in a digital fashion. So pandemic worked out very well. And I think pandemic has changed us all for the better as we move forward.
0: Well, I think that's a great segue right there at the end of your answer to that one. So what changes do you see that the pandemic required of people and organizations and which things were for the better and which ones do you think are here to stay?
4: Well, I think one of the real learnings from the pandemic is how we can be more efficient at a lot of things that we do. And on the business side, obviously, virtual meetings have been a big part of that. We've been forced to utilize some of the platforms out there, which I personally love not having to drive an hour in traffic each way to meet with anyone, client-wise, prescriber-wise, what have you, just makes a better use of time. And obviously, this is a great thing for us all, I think, from a work-life balance as to where we are and how we're spending our time. Obviously, business takes precedent. I still think there's a lot of room for live meetings, but the pandemic really, I think, made us better at being more appropriate with our time, if that's the best way to say it.
2: We're chatting with James Cran, the veteran pharma marketer and the founder of Pharma Consultants PCI here on the NPC podcast. So James, we've heard the term consumerization of healthcare quite a bit these days. Supposedly, it's resulting from several trends during the pandemic, including telemedicine and patient empowerment. How does this tie into DTC advertising? What role does DTC play in the consumerization of healthcare?
4: You know, it's interesting, Mitch, and I really think the pandemic helped. And if I go back two steps talking about, and you guys saw this, you know, every Canadian all of a sudden knew what vaccine they were on, had an opinion on which one was the best one, and actually knew the name of the drug company. I worked at Astra for years. I mean, we spent millions of dollars trying to get AstraZeneca known as a commodity, but really the pandemic has done that. So from my opinion is, you know, why are we not doing that as patients for all disease states? You know, most Canadians are on old medications when better ones are available for their type 2 diabetes, for their asthma, for their skin conditions, but Canadians have never taken the time to dig into it. etc. advertising, interesting. I'm fortunate because we do a lot of work in the U.S., And a lot of our clients openly say that DTC advertising has become, and this is their words in research, not mine, white noise. There's so many commercials, it's almost overkill. So I think for us and what we're trying to accomplish at Pharma Consultants is how do we interact with a specialist who's educating and engaging consumers, not just on the condition, but making them aware that there are other medications, newer medications, better medications available just like has happened with the vaccines. And that's been a real sort of soapbox item for myself is I want Canadians to realize that, hey, there is a better medication out there versus the one that maybe your parents were on and now you're on the same thing. And that's something that was really missing and we're trying to fill that void. It's Mark again.
3: So advancing technology, we've
4: talked about it, it's certainly shaken up our lives and business
3: lives in particular. How has high-tech changed the way you do your work in your companies?
4: Well, as I joked, uh, this is really fun for me being the interview e versus the interviewer. And we are bringing so much content to people virtually. So it's really made a difference, that high-tech ability to have a good, engaging interaction, just like this podcast, to bring information to either a healthcare provider or to obviously a consumer at the same time, so high tech is kind of where it's at. We're digital is here to stay; it's not going to go anywhere, obviously, and that has really been the focus of pharma consultants.
0: Right, bang on, Jim Shea here again. You're inducted into the Canadian Healthcare Marketing Hall of Fame in 2011 while president of Antibody Healthcare Communications, and since that time, it seems as if many creative businesses, advertising among them have emphasized the role of teams and and work groups rather than individuals. Do you think the role of the individual leader has changed during the past 11 years?
4: I think so. I was fortunate at Antibody of having just unbelievable staff, but what that really came from, obviously, is always from the top. And I'm a big believer that there's no job too big, too small for the CEO as an example that you have to lead by example. I think that's a little bit tougher now with a lot of companies, you know, allowing individuals to work from home, which I think is a great thing. Don't get me wrong. But I think it takes a different leadership style to how do you keep people motivated when you can't be right in front of them every day at the office. But to answer your question, yes, I think the role of teams and the role of the leader It's how now do you rally a team more effectively when you're not right there in front of them? For me personally, I love leading big teams, small teams at the beginning, obviously, but then into a hundred people person company. And I think I would hope that the staff that worked with me and for me, both at Antibody and now at Pharma Consultants would say, you know, a sign of a good leader is someone who rolls up their sleeves and doesn't just tell you what to do, but actually jumps in at the same time.
0: Good answer. Jim here again What would you say makes Pharma Consultants Incorporated different? In other words, what are you doing that you think other organizations could learn from?
4: I hope they're not going to learn (laughs) because obviously we're trying to differentiate ourselves. And, you know, the big thing, uh, as I mentioned earlier for Pharma Consultants, it's unique. You know, when Mitch asked about detail aids and dose cards, well, you know what? Those, I don't want to use the term commodity, but they can be done by a lot of different agencies and our objective and we've met it and now we're growing incredibly is we're going to bring to our clients and our industry, very unique approaches to really accelerate the adoption and use of branded medications. And as I said, and you guys know this, the adoption of new drugs in our country is terrible, right? It's terrible. And that's why the drug industry is going through such changes. And I think every company is now realizing it. Sometimes they don't realize what's going to happen until they launch a product. And it's like, oh, it's not like the good old days where we got coverage very quickly. Adoption happened almost immediately. I was joking the other day. You know, we used to think about early adopters, mid adopters, late adopters. It's now adopter or non-adopter. And, you know, probably 80% of healthcare providers in Canada are non-adopters after five, six, seven, eight years. So that is the issue that we're fighting. So I think for us as PCI, as pharma consultants, you know, we are coming up with solutions that are going to accelerate that adoption with those that will and try to force more physicians into the pool of using branded medications. It's tough. If I can make just one last comment, you know, and I feel for prescribers, I get to interact with more physicians than I ever have in my life. And the word that they use to describe their environment or themselves is exhausted. I think a lot of physicians are tired. They've been through two years of hell. We all have, but they are seeing more patients than they ever had both virtual and live. So they're tired. And that hurts the drug industry because I would be path of least resistance. If I was a physician, that's what they're doing. So how do we get something in front of them that makes them go, okay, you know what? This one is, this drug's a little bit, that's better. Let me look for an opportunity to try it and then start the adoption curve. But that is tough to do with this audience of physicians who are beyond, you know, habitual prescribers. They're now exhausted people. James, it's Mark again.
3: So as we wind
4: down the podcast, we're inviting you to play our word
3: association game. So just go ahead and say the first thing that comes to mind in response to each of the following phrases from our pharma world. So let's get started. Digital health communications.
4: Here to stay, not going away podcasts i think very impactful so do we yeah yeah well this one is right (laughs) healthcare marketing probably more critical for a drug company than ever before good healthcare marketing teleconferences teleconferences i think are going the way of the dodo bird dying the world post COVID 19 i think it's exciting It catapulted a lot of things, including technology, and that excites me for the future.
3: And the pharma industry. I would say struggling. Okay. So maybe this leads into the last question. It's time to put on your soothsayer's hat and enter our prognostication corner. So what audacious predictions will you make about the life sciences industry during the coming let's say 12 to 24
4: months? Well, sadly, and I still think of myself as an industry guy, given where I started. And a lot of my closest friends are GMs or senior people within drug companies. I think there's going to be a major upheaval. The days of sales teams, even smaller sales teams are probably coming to an end. And it goes back to you know, the adoption. We can have a drug company calling on a doctor for years and not get a prescription behavior change. So I think there's going to be a major shift in how drug companies have been behaving from a Salesforce-oriented model, I guess, to more impactful, cost-effective techniques to drive behavior of those physicians that are willing to adopt new things. So I think there's going to be a lot of change in the next little while because, as I mentioned earlier, you know, these new medications coming into the country, most of them are falling pretty flat. And that's a sign of the time. So things have to change.
0: I think there are a
2: lot of points awarded for those answers. Excellent. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. Mr. Cran, it's always a pleasure to spend some time with you. You're a catalyst, sir. You uh, you get us thinking. I hope you've marked your calendar, James, for November 2nd. That's when we're all going to get together again at the annual National Pharmaceutical Congress. Be great to resume meeting in person at the Mississauga Convention Center.
4: Absolutely, Mitch. I'll be there.
2: All right. We'll look for you. So, and uh, thank you to our listeners. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll speak to you all again next week.
1: Do you have questions for James or comments for us about today's conversation? Go ahead and tag us on Twitter at 2021NPC or send an email to health at If you attach a voice clip to the message, you might just hear yourself in an upcoming episode. We hope you enjoyed today's NPC podcast. If you did, please share it with your colleagues. Find us at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NPC Podcast is presented in cooperation with Imprez, Canada's next-generation commercial partner. See everything they have to offer at www.impress.com. I am your announcer, Leona Void. The podcast producer is Jeremy Visser. Research for this program came from Catherine Brenders and John Evans. The musical theme is performed with casual mastery by the NPC Podcast Orchestra, under the direction of Maestro Garland Millbrook. We'll be back again next week. Until we speak again, stay safe out there.